Hey, 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 welcome back to Unfiltered Faith. Um, it's Emily. I'm going to do our final devotion for um what's your identity for the month of December, even though it's January. I know, a little behind, but um I think that now is a really good time actually to share this. So um we're gonna be reading John 15 chapter or sorry <laughs> verses 1 through 17. So this is a very um famous well-known piece of the scriptures. So you might recognize it. So we're just going to go over it, talk about it, but um I kind of just want to open in prayer real quick. So then I'll read through it. Father in heaven, I thank you for the chance to share on this platform and that you are reaching people, Father, across the globe, you are touching hearts, and I just pray that more and more people would hear about this and that your word would be shared. Father, I pray that it would be your words that fall off my lips today, Father, and that you would just use this to touch people's hearts, Father, stir in our hearts, and Father, as this new year continues, I pray that we would grow in your love, Father, and get to know you deeper, and just grow our lives of prayer, Father, grow our lives of reading And in your great name, I just pray that you would bless today. Amen. Okay, so first off, I hope that you had a great New Year's and Christmas. Um, I I mean, it's the new year and we all make New Year's resolutions. I mean, you might, but um, I really encourage you to just dwell on what 2020 was like last year, what what it was like in your prayer life, what your life was like with Christ, your walk, how you were doing, and I want you to reflect on that and set a plan um, for 2021, not a New Year's resolution, because I don't want you to go and make this plan that you know you're going to just give up on two weeks from now. I want you to just write something down, write something down in a journal, that's what I do, is something that I'm going to see every day, and um say, this is what I'm sticking to, this is what I'm going to be praying over every day. The things that you really want to accomplish, maybe it's your prayer life, maybe it's getting into the word more, um, building a prayer language, um, learning about theology, I don't know. So just dig deep this year and really take the time to praise him. Um, I also wanted to mention real quick that the Passion 2021 came out. It is so good. Um, highly recommend it. If you go to like Sadie Robert, Sadie Rob, um, her Instagram, you can find the link there, but it's free until January 31st. Highly recommend watching it. It's like seven hours long, but there's segments and you can break it up however you want. I've just been listening to it a bit every morning and evening, but I highly recommend so many different speakers worship and it's great. Um, so yeah, we should probably get started on the devotion. So Again, we're going to be reading from John chapter 15, verse 1 through 17. So I'm just going to read it and then go through it. So starting in chapter 15, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Okay, so um, like I said, that's probably pretty familiar to you. Um, that's pretty popular piece of scripture. And I just want to go back to it and kind of dissect it because um, it it's very repetitive, but it changes some wording. And there's a few spots that like I know when I first read, I was like, what? in the world. (laughs) That's scary. That's weird. I don't know. So um, to start, uh, back at the beginning, verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So to start off, um, Jesus was talking to his disciples and what he was explaining was um, as believers, he is the vine and we are the branches. So and then God the Father is the gardener. And every branch, which is us, that bears no fruit, um, this can look like fruits of the Spirit, but also just meaning like obeying and following and walking in Christ. So it's living that that good life almost, like the, the life that is um, holy and appears righteous to God because therefore you can bear fruit. So imagine like a good, well-soiled, well-rooted plant and so that's going to be bearing fruit right versus a plant that is walking down if you're walking down a bad path in life that that plant doesn't have good roots it doesn't have good soil or nutrients it doesn't have the word of god and therefore it's not growing fruit it's withering and dying because it doesn't have the breath of life so it's all kind of um a parable or like a image imagery to what he's trying to say and so um Verse 2 says that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because, first of all, it says that he cuts off the branches. Um, If you fall away from Christ, or if you haven't even found him yet, why would Christ, or why would God keep you around? That sounds very harsh, but in all honesty, it is the truth, because if we're not invested and if we don't even care about God or if if you're an unbeliever and you don't even think God's real well why would he be why would he keep you on if if you're hating him and if you're not obeying what he says why would he keep you connected to the vine if you just keep resisting because you're not doing anything to help you're just inflicting the withering on others in a way because if you think of a vine they're all connected and if there's one person 
that is spoiled, you're going to spoil the others. Um, And that kind of goes deeper into all the different situations. But it says that he's going to cut off the people, the branches that don't obey and bear fruit. And the ones that do, he prunes. I think this is so interesting to prune a fruit. Sometimes you have to cut off a few fruits or you have to pick them and you have to let the harvest go again. And um, I heard a message about this once. It's that to prune something, it's like in life, we're all going to go through those trials and those struggles. And that's our pruning because without facing those errors and those trials and making mistakes, you can't grow. And so God needs to prune us and he has to prepare us for the things to come. And in order to do that, we're going to face those trials that it talks about in the Bible. And we're going to face struggles, but that truly is for our own good because you can't grow more fruit if you're not pruned. So I really like that part. Um, And it also just kind of opens your eyes to, wow, there's more than just like, yay, I'm saved. I believe in Christ. And now I'm just going to keep growing all this fruit because that's not exactly, it's not like a perfect life, right? It talks about the struggles. Anyways, enough on verse two. Um, It goes on to say that you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So again, this goes back to our identity in Christ. We are already clean. Like I've been saying in these past episodes, um, you are already sanctified. You are already made pure. Like he's working that within you, but you truly are seen as blameless and forgiven in his sight. And so that's your identity in Christ. Um, And now it goes on again to talk about remaining in him. So it says to remain in me as I also remain in you. And um, it goes on to say that you can't bear fruit by yourself. So you can't, I also think this is very interesting because like when we, we're not living in this world for this world, we're living in it um, knowing that there's an eternity, right? We know that there's a future, there's a future hope and there's more beyond this. And the fruit that we're growing isn't for this earth, but it's for our eternity, for eternal treasures. And you cannot grow that eternal fruit if you're not living and walking by Christ, the loving God. And so it's just like, you can't, be holy without Christ because God is holy. And so that's what I get from no branch can bear fruit by itself is that you cannot bear this good fruit. You cannot actually love. You cannot be humble. You cannot be holy if you are not letting it happen by God's will and by God growing that fruit in you. Um, And so that's why it says you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. (coughs) Sorry. Um, Okay. So, moving on to verse 5. It just continues, like, very repetitive, but that's important because it's saying this is important. You should not miss this, that Jesus is the vine, you are the branches. And it continuously says, remain in me and I in you. Like, that also shows us that it's a two-way thing. It's not just Jesus is going to chase after us and we can just run the other direction and he's going to keep us around. No. It's a two-way thing. We have to be involved. We have to be pushing for him because we 
have to remain in him while he will also remain in us. That's also a promise that he is going to, he's not going to flee from us. He's going to remain in us as long as we are also remaining in him. So that is a great reminder. And it says this over and over again in this whole entire chapter. So it's very important and we should not miss it. Um, Verse six, this is one that also gets a little scary along with the cutting off of the branches. Um, it says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away. Like I talked about in verse one, if you are not walking with Christ, why would he keep you around? Because you are truly just resisting him. And so, and he is a God who gives free will, right? So we have a choice to follow him or to not. And so if you're choosing not to follow him, well, then he's gonna let you because that's, he's given us that free will and that choice. And so We can't look at this as like looking at, you can't look at this verse and say, wow, that's so cruel or God is so evil. How could he do that? That's not a good thing. That's not what a good God would do. You can't say that because truly it's our choice. And it's, it says very clearly, if you do not remain in me, he's going to remain in us if we are in him. But it says, if you do not remain in me then you are like a branch that is thrown away and you wither because we know that without Christ, without his love and his guidance and directions, we will wither because we are therefore walking in death. We don't have that promise of eternity. We don't have that living spring of life within us. And so we're walking in death and that's what wither means. It's not that he's crushing us. It's not that he is uh, causing that. It's that we're causing it to ourselves. Um. And it says that you will be thrown into the fire and burned. Now, um, we believe in a heaven and a hell. And we believe that if you are not saved and if you are not, if you do not know Christ and he does not know you, then you are going to be eventually cast down into hell because that is what happens when you don't have the life of Christ within you because there's either death or life, but there's no in between. And so that's kind of just explaining that. And like I said, it might seem harsh because that's kind of what I feel like our society has become. It's everything has to be love only and no truth. But there is truth in this. It's telling us that God is going to remain in us. But again, if it's not us remaining in him, then he tells us very clearly what that's going to cause. And so... You can take it as you will, but this is a very important truth that we need to remember and keep in mind because God is holy and he is just. And therefore, what we choose is going to have a result of some sort. And it's not always going to be rainbows or happy things, you know. Um, And it just continues. It just keeps going on and on about remaining in him. Um, He talks about his words remaining in us. And that's also extremely important because we know that we need to be grounded in this word and have his words on our tongue. I, I like that phrase a lot because it's like, God, let your word speak through me, not mine. And that's super important because we know that our tongues are deceitful and same with our minds. Um, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So again, when you do walk with Christ and when you are walking in the Father's glory, you will bear much fruit. He also does say that. And so 
you are going to be led by the Holy Spirit and you're going to be filled with him and with his words. And therefore, that is going to turn you into light, into a light around your friends and your family. And that is amazing. And it will prove that you are a disciple of Christ because he truly, when he works on your heart, when he works in your life, that is visible in everything you do because he changes every action, every thought, every word that you speak. Whether you realize it or not, he really does. And it is amazing. Um, and now, instead of going on to talking about like the vine and the branches, in verse 9, he goes on to say, he replaces the words with love. Um, As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. And that one talks more about who the Father is, that he's a loving Father, and he graciously poured out his love onto his son Jesus and in in that same way Jesus is saying that is exactly how I love you as well and again he says now remain in my love not just remain in me remain in my love and if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love so again this is just this gets me ramped up okay because (laughs) um love is supernatural We cannot love without God because God is love. And so when it says, um, now remain in my love, love is something that we can only find through him. And so we have to be with him and walking with him to remain in that. And then it goes on to say again, if you keep my commands. Um, A lot of the times we just want to say like, yes, I love Christ, but you're not showing it in your life because you're not following what he says. You're not reading the word, you're not doing what he has called us to do. And that's why it's important that he says remain, um, sorry, he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Um, I wanted to talk about how Jesus kept his father's commands. And an, an example of that, that um, I just recently read was when he when Jesus was in the garden and he was praying because he knew that he was going to be put to death on the cross. And he said, he prayed, Father, please take this cup from me if it is your will. He knew that he was going to have to suffer that awful, awful death. And he said, and he didn't want to. I mean, he knew the pain it was going to cause. And so he said, Father, please take this cup from me. But then he said, if it is by your will. And God didn't didn't grant him that. He answered his prayer, but he did not take the cup from him because that wasn't his will. And um, that is also a command. Sometimes we overlook that. We overlook, instead of just the black and white that the Bible tells us, like, do not fall into adultery, do not steal, do not lie, all of that type of stuff. That's very black and white in some terms, at least it's a guidance, but when it comes down to following his commands that go deeper, like the things that aren't written, like the things of what is my command for your life? Like, what is my will for you? When we are praying, we should say like, Father, yes, you might ask for something, but if it is by your will, because I don't want my will to be done, because I want to be following you and what you want. So I love those verses. And it's just like, commands are extremely important because if you are not following what he says then do you really love him like think about it in this way if you think about your friend if you know 
that your friend wants you to do certain things. Like, let's say, okay, what if you are like spreading lies about your friend or you are gossiping about them? That's hurtful to them, correct? They want you to show them love. They want you to be peaceful with them. But when you don't do those things, you end up doing hurtful things to them. And when you do something hurtful, that comes off as you don't love them. Because if you truly love somebody, you're not going to want to hurt them. So I just want you to dwell on that. Like God wants us to follow his commands because when we do, it shows that we love him. And if we're not following his commands, then we're doing hateful things to him and we are hurting him and we are living in our sin the very thing that put him to death on the cross. And therefore that shows, that comes off as we don't love him because we're not showing him respect. We're not showing him that kindness. And instead we're doing those hurtful things to him. Very opposite of love. So I just want you to dwell on that. Um, Verse 11, I've told you this, that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. So again, it's just switching up the words a little bit. Now it's joy. And um, further he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Um, and this now goes into talk about friends, which is great. This just covers so many topics. But Jesus laid down his life for us. Imagine your best friend laying down their life for you. That is exactly what Jesus did, except he's the God of the universe. And so Wouldn't you live in reverence? Wouldn't you live for that best friend? Wouldn't you live out the memory of them devoting almost everything in your life, if not everything, to that friend because they died for you? So why aren't we doing that same exact thing for Jesus who died for everybody's sin and died on a deeper level than any friend that we have on earth ever could die for us? And moving on, it says that um, you are my friends. If you do what I command... Again, talking about commands, it's Jesus is saying right here that we are friends with him. We're not just, it further talks about how we're not just servants to him because he has a real relationship with us. It says that a servant doesn't know his master's business, but we know Jesus. We know him on a personal level and he wants to know us on a personal level. That means that he is our friend and we also have our father in heaven and it's just like, This is so much more than just following the commands. This is so much more than just writing a list and checking things off. It's about forming a real relationship because Jesus wants to be your friend if you let him in. And yes, that does go along with there are commands that we should be following because we should be taking into account our friends' feelings, our friends, um, and what they think and what they find disrespectful to them. And so that's all very important. Um, I hope you can't hear my sister singing. (laughs) She's singing upstairs. Sorry. Um, uh, Verse 16. This is huge on our topic of what is your identity. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. So our identity, we have been chosen by God. You have been chosen by God, the creator of the universe. 
and he appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. And this is fruit, again, that is not for this world. It's not for this lifetime. It is for eternity. It's going to last forever. Through those trials, through the pruning, through those struggles that you're going to face, you are growing fruit that is going to last forever and is going to be a light to those around you. Um, and it says, whatever you might ask, um, ask in my name and the Father will give you. Again, with prayer, um, our church is doing a section on prayer or like three-week thing on prayer um, messages. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word, but <laughs> it is really good. And it has been a great reminder that we often turn prayer to ourselves and we pray for simply the things that we want. But um, he said, man, now I got to think of it. Um, God doesn't always answer our prayers, right? But he does. He he knows what is good according to his will. And if we knew that will, we would ask what he's going to give us. And he worded it in a little bit of a different way. But it's just truly whatever we may ask, God will deliver. But it's not always in our, it's not in our timing. It's always in his. And so we're not, if you don't have your prayers answered right away, or if you don't see something come to pass, you can't just give up and be like, God's not there for me. God's not here. He's not listening because that's not true. He does answer our prayers, but it's always in his timing. And he always knows better than us. And it's so important to remember that because if we did know his will, we would be asking for the very thing that he is going to be answering with. That's kind of a little hard to understand, but I hope that you understood the way I described that. Um, that's a little bit off topic, but that made me think of that with um, ask in my name and the Father will give you because truly he always does answer our prayers. Um, and to end it off, verse 17, a challenge for you. It says, this is my command, love each other. Again, love is a whole nother topic. Maybe we'll do a discussion over that when Reagan gets back or something, but love each other sounds so simple, but it is the most complex thing to do and extremely challenging. Um, love, again, is supernatural. We cannot do it as humans. We need God and we need his supernatural love to guide us and show us how to do that. And again, it doesn't just say love God. Yes, he does talk about that. He says, love me just as the father. Um, has loved Jesus as well. And it goes deeper now to say love each other. We can all think of somebody that we have a really hard time loving. We can all think of somebody that we disagree with, we argue with. Um, and there's probably many people, not just one, but it says love each other. And in other verses in the Bible, it talks about like love each other as I have loved you or as a friend, love your neighbors as you would love yourself, right? put others before yourself and that is truly so hard to do and I want you to dwell and just let that stir in your heart for a while like maybe that's one of your new year's resolutions think about how you can start to do that in your everyday life like put aside all of your biases put aside all of your political views your social 
standards and labels and all of that and truly just love each other as you love Christ but also love each other more than yourself like give something up that you so badly want like that give up your pride for the sake of others is basically what I'm trying to say and that is extremely hard I struggle with that all the time but it is a really good prayer and great reminder that we should be trying to focus on that because if Christ could love us enough after all the things that we've done to him after all of the sins that we all commit every single day yet he still died for us and loved us so much that he calls us his friends even though we brutally have hurt him and just put all that pain on him he still calls us friends so we should be willing and we should be saying okay yes God even though that's going to be hard I say yes because of your sacrifice for us um that is the devotion today I hope that you took something away I'm sorry but also not for how long this video is (laughs) um and also Prairie FCA we will be meeting again in person yay on Thursday mornings so You'll see some reminders about that. But yeah, thank you for listening. And our next devotion topic, if I can check real quick, is going to be the image of God. So that is going to be great. We're starting it off in Genesis. So get ready for that. Um, And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Share this podcast. Go check us out on Instagram at Prairie FCA. Bye.